0: Hello.
1: Okay, hey, welcome back to the rope Room 21 Soul. I'm your host, Lewis Marks. We're here for a video and audio presentation, and I have a special guest with me via technological means, Koldy Genova. Welcome.
0: Hey. Hey, Lewis. How are you? Good. Staying healthy.
1: Staying healthy. I'm going to switch this up. I'm having a little camera difficulty today, so we're just going to have to stay in the zone right here. You are in Chicago? Yes. And uh, have you uh, had a lot of time to create? And...
0: You know, in the first couple of weeks, uh, I was doing a lot of recording at home, just like a bunch of songs that I had written over the last few months. And I was like, oh, now's my time to, to dig in and, and start fleshing this out. Um, but then after like the first two or three weeks, it kind of, I don't know, it's been going in waves.
1: There's Did you feel a- pressure to like, okay, I'm quarantined. I, I, need, I need to be productive and creative? I think like a lot of people,
0: it wasn't really like pressure. I was, I was legitimately excited. Like, oh, I have so much time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on all this music that I've been putting off for so long. And then like after like three weeks, I was like, oh, wow, this is just reality now. I think I have to like, Try and get my life in order also.
1: Yeah, right, right. You get the balance back. I don't think you're alone. I, I think that that's, uh, you know, I've, re- I've read some articles that are pretty consistent. Yeah. So um, I want to point out b- before we begin uh, that uh, Cole DiGenova's album, Really Human, uh, released on April 24th at Rope-a-Dope, Um a Really delightful set of music. And uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll let people know where you can stream it. Uh, actually, you can stream it everywhere. And uh, uh, but also, you can support directly uh, by going to Bandcamp, especially on May first, where Bandcamp is waiving their revenue share. Uh, we're doing some really special things, uh, and uh, you know so that's it's a it's a great way for people to support. So I want to start with how you came to music. Like I, I love to hear the backstories. Where was it in the house?
0: It was definitely in the house. My parents met in a band. They're both musicians, and um, they, uh, yeah, they were practicing. They would have band practice in our basement um, once a week. You know, the first like five or six years of my life, and I just I just took to it. I just wanted to be like my parents, and you know, I started started taking piano lessons when I was four and uh I was singing along with my mom to all their like promo videos and uh yeah then i started what kind what was of band it was it was like a we we called jobbing bands in chicago just like you know corporate gigs weddings um huh? that's how they were making the money for a while but my dad also he's a sax player and he was playing in some blues bands around chicago and my mom had some more like singer-songwriter type projects too but but yeah, the main the breadwinner was, was the corporate band.
1: Well, it's interesting uh, to touch on that. And maybe we can come back to it a little bit later. You know, I don't think a lot of people know what the life of a professional working musician is like and all the different, you know, gigs that you have to do yeah. uh, to keep things going. And of course, that's going to be a topic of conversation in the world over the next year uh, yeah. persistently. Um, <clears throat> so piano was first, huh? Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think it was just, you know, we had one in the basement and I used to just bang on it. Um, And my parents were like, well, this is a good instrument to start on. You know, he can he can grow from there. But I stuck with it, you know, and that's that's been my main source of income since I was a teenager. Wow,
1: great. When did you start to write?
0: Um, Not too much longer after that. I was probably like seven or eight. I think I made my first uh little tape recording of some some like cheesy little pop songs that I was coming up with. Uh I I really loved Michael Jackson at the time, so I think I was I was trying to make whatever sounded like Michael Jackson even if I wanted- I, you a know, tape recorder
1: uh, yeah, I did. I did want to ask you about your influences. Like, I mean, so you mentioned Michael, like, can you, can you give me, can you rattle off a top five of your, your major influences? Yes. The, the long-term ones. Yeah.
0: Right. Started, started with Michael and then the Beatles. Um, and then I eventually dug more into Stevie wonder. And then Miles Davis was a big one, especially as I played jazz piano also. Um, and then, you know, the, the, a lot of the neo-soul music that was coming out when I was uh, in, like, junior high, high school, like, D'Angelo, Erykah Badu, The Roots, that whole sound was a huge influence.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Place that. That's, like, uh, mid-90s, late-90s kind of thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like little, like little 2000. Mm-hmm. I started
0: high school in 2001, so we were still listening to all that stuff.
1: It's a really interesting movement because i mean the while the, while it, there are some people who are super famous most of the people that you reference and that are involved in that neo soul thing and it's 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 spreads far and wide too it's not like focused on a given city um, although there are some predominant cities right philly for sure philadelphia yeah but atlanta uh right yeah um yeah, Common, London, Chicago. And Chicago, yeah. And, and and everybody's just kind of like famous enough.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? But it's right. not like everybody's smash pop. Respected. They have great careers touring. And yeah, I think that's right. kind of the dream. It's like you don't want to be Justin Bieber famous, but famous enough to do what you want to be doing and make money at it.
1: There you go. There you go. And 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 that that again will speak to the you know gig economy as well. Uh, you know it's I, I have a particular theory. Um, actually, most of my time in this business is spent trying to. And I'll I'll reference this right now. Flatten the curve, but not the flatten the curve that we've that we've heard about in the last couple months. But the flatten the curve of like the difference, the distance between the number one, the A-list, uh, the, the revenue that they earn and and the, you know, person hustling around to make $50 to $100 a day. Um, because they're, while I see certain talents that are phenomenal, you know, and, I'm, and, and I mean James Brown phenomenal, right? Or Ray Charles phenomenal, right? Um, Michael Jackson. Uh, there's not, to me, the same kind of difference between the talent and the quality of playing and even the vibe and the feel between some of the hundred dollar gig people and the and the multimillionaires. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, y- you perform or you tell tell me about the the different bands that you were in because a couple that y- you're on a couple of ropeadope records, I assume, right? No, uh, well, naughty well, professor. The
0: naughty. I, I don't know if the naughty professor record I was on. Was the one that was on Ropa Dope. It might have been the one right after. Okay, gotcha. But I've done a lot with Naughty Professor, and I've done, and I'm like, you know, BFFs with the whole Sidewalk Chalk crew. So we've we've all done a lot of different things together over the years, and um, yeah,
1: yeah the, these both of these bands really interest me, and, and, and your music interests me in in this particular light, and that is, kind of like young guns in a way with, with a different vibe. And, and I think that as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about it. It's like, there was a point at which in history, and maybe that went on for a long time, but you you really, to show that you were an accomplished musician, you had to display your chops. Yeah. Like when you, in composing and playing and performing, you just, you, you had to prove that you were, uh, a musician uh, of the of high pedigree, yeah. In the in the in the performing, but you guys all just have a vibe, and you're not overworking that. Like,
0: yeah. What do I, you think that is? I don't know. I do. It, it's funny you mention that because I like, at least with my my solo original music, I I try and hold back a lot of chops purposefully. Um, mm-hmm. I I think. I think the chops aspect is, I mean, it's great and it's important for a live setting. Um, but I think to really pull people into the music, it's, you know, there's got to be good hooks, good harmony, good, good vibe, like you said. And I, and I think like the chops um, can sometimes take you away from that. And that's coming from someone who's, I, I've been studying piano since I was four and I, you know, used to play Rachmaninoff and studied jazz for years and it's like i i could go really choppy and, mm-hmm. I, and i and i try to prevent that from happening sometimes but at a show chops galore
1: oh sure sure <laughs> yeah there's also there's also a, a contrast is there uh, i mean, and this is more of a, a question i don't want to make it a statement um between in the composition right i mean these are songs yeah And I remember Terrace Martin just going nuts one time, just going like, jazz is great, Louis, but people need songs. You do. I need songs. (laughs) I feel like
0: we definitely all
1: need songs.
0: And I I think that's something that being a trained musician and going to jazz school, I went to Berkeley, and, and like being in those environments, you kind of, I don't know, you start to think that like, like you said before, like sort of showing off your chops or your abilities as a musician is, is what's going to make you great. And you, you kind of lose sight of, of why did you get into music in the first place? Because you, there were great songs, you know, songs that made you feel good or made you feel a certain way or songs you'd sing along to with your friends. Um, so, yeah, it was like when I, when I left uh, Berkeley, the first thing I did was, was hit up some of my friends who weren't um, – working musicians and i was like what what are the bands that you're listening to right now and they were all people that i loved but i hadn't heard at all while i was at school because everyone was focused on you know other side of of the music so i think it's important to keep the wide wide
1: ears well jazz has a tendency to 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 sort of wall itself off in that way right i can i can see it from berkeley and i can see it yeah you and know, christian scott references uh he, he had an interesting statement where he said uh there are a i, I won't paraphrase him properly but i'll do my best uh, there there are a good number of people uh who believe that the best jazz has already been played mm-hmm. and it seems like the schools and and you know when it comes to chops it's it's all about copying a little bit the past, maybe maybe making it your own, but still sort of repeating the golden days of jazz, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I'm, I think that's what was like what made Miles Davis so important to me when, when I huge. was you know, first discovering music was he was a jazz musician, but also someone who was like militant about keeping his music moving forward and not getting stuck doing doing one thing and what everyone else was doing
1: um i lived through that i I was able to uh you know i i grew up in the 70s you know pre f legal fm right uh i was listening to radio and you could hear led zeppelin and the carpenters and maybe not country music until leonard (laughs) kennard came around or you know that or a little bit with the allman brothers like that that little bit of a southern sound Mm um but it wasn't. But you didn't really hear much jazz. And then all of a sudden, it was Miles Davis, and just programmed in the same place. Sorry. Yeah.
0: No, was, that's amazing. I would, I would kill to be able to hear some like Bitches Brew on the radio,
1: <laughs> right? I think kind of blue was probably first. Um, you know, I think the, the the form the long format was. You know, if you were listening late night, you'd get it. Yeah. But it, but it was interesting to me because, you know, the, there was a moment when the songs were songs enough to be on radio. And, I mean, I might have made my way eventually to jazz, but not as quickly. Yeah. Not at the age of 17 or 16. You know, I was right in it. Oh. So, Really Human. Um, do you have a favorite song? <sighs>
0: Yeah, that's hard. Uh, I guess I probably like, well, because I've been working on it for a few years, um, I think I naturally tend to like the newer things um, mm. in general, because you always think like the, the thing you're working on right now is the best thing you've ever done. Um, mm-hmm. But that track you were playing, The Lucky Few, um, I, do, I do really like. It's also probably one of... Um, probably the first song i ever recorded and released that i did all all by myself except for except for Rico's rap verse but mm-hmm. did it all at home you know was was working out some you know my production chops so so i'm proud of it in in that regard that that it came out as good as it
1: did we have a match there that, that's i'll definitely call that my favorite and and i don't you know it's interesting to say favorites right so sometimes I mean, We Broke is, is, you know, my favorite today, right? right. Or, or right out of the gate. But I can see that The Lucky Few is going to be in playlist rotation for me for a long, long time. I like yeah. the vibe. Okay. Um, I guess you're off the road for a while. What, do, do you have any, any yeah. words of advice to people about live music and what's going to happen here? I was holding out for, like,
0: a few shows at the end of May, um, and I still haven't gotten, still haven't gotten the final word on that, but I'm not, I'm not holding out. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know. I, at this point I'm, I'm going to start trying to book stuff for like September and keep my fingers crossed.
1: I saw a tweet from Chuck D today and he said, uh, everybody get your uh, database together of smaller clubs of 10 to 50 people now. Yeah so i wonder I wonder if that's the way things things are going to pan out.
0: Um, those are the best those are my favorite spots to play.
1: <laughs> those are my my favorite spots to go. Yeah. yeah, I did the stadium thing before um i I do wonder what's going to happen. Um, I don't know if you want to share anything uh, as we wrap up with fans, but you know anything you want to say about your music that that is isn't evident or in the music?
0: Um, I, I I think, uh, yeah, as, as crazy as the times are, um, trying to, trying to be as inspired as possible and working on some new stuff. Um, I'm also like having fun, getting weirder and, uh, exploring, exploring production and in new ways for me. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of cool stuff coming up in the next year. Maybe not live. But mm-hmm. you know,
1: recorded music—that is, yeah, we have somebody working on a on a uh, seven-continent. Right, that's my dog. There you go. Uh, seven composers on seven continents, and oh. they're passing tracks around uh, their own songs, and and everyone's performing on the other person's song, and they're going to put together an entire compilation. So it, it's it's stunning to me, you know, how how creative all you cats are. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like a challenge just puts more creativity into the mix. It's true.
0: true. Even just learning all of this new technology has been a fun, creative
1: challenge. Yeah. Same, same here. (laughs) Same here. Well, coldly, Genova, really human, uh, Came out on April 24th. It's available on all streaming services. Uh, grab those tracks, hit hit the like button, add to library, and then the computer algorithm will deliver you even more uh, great music. Uh, and if you're of the mind to get CDs, uh, head to uh, colddjanova.bandcamp.com.
0: Vinyls too. There will be vinyls.
1: Soon. And vinyl, as soon as the pressing plant opens the doors... Yes, I think you're the first order out the door. Is that what he said? Yeah, they that? so looking forward to that. Um, Cole, thank you so much for doing what you do, uh, for making beautiful music and you know, stand strong, stay healthy. You uh, see you soon. All right, cheers. They tell you, you too black, they tell you, you too.